Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings, 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 everyone. It is, as you all have heard me say on such a regular basis, and I know, you know what, I'm not even going to say it's a broken record because I just love saying it. I love Tuesdays at this time because it is bringing Brown at Work live time. And of course, I have another most fabulous woman that agreed to be a guest on this podcast and for this live tonight. I tell you, all of you, I am so extremely blessed uh, that the women have that have come across my path and Trisha, who you're going to meet tonight. We were just talking before I came on live and it's like we just met in 2018, but it feels like it's been forever. It really has felt like Ever. it's been forever. So let me tell you a little bit about Trisha Ruby. She is the president and chief executive officer of Ruby and Associates, which is a structural engineering firm, which was founded in 1984. Serving as president and CEO since 2011, Trisha has strategically transformed the business and culture, resulting in 300% revenue growth and attracting engineers from top universities throughout the region. In 2016, Ruby and Associates, a certified business enterprise, was ranked nationally and featured in Fortune magazine as a top 50 great place to work in small companies category in 2016, and it's been certified as a great place to work for the past five years. In addition, the firm has been recognized for its many accomplishments in exemplary engineering under Trisha's leadership by the American Institute of Steel Construction, the American Council of Engineering Companies, Michigan, the National Council of Structural Engineers Association, and the Structural Engineers Association of Illinois, among others. The firm was most recently recognized in 2020 as one of the 50 companies to watch by Michigan Celebrates Small Businesses. Trisha believes in giving back to the community and does so through involvement in a variety of industry and community organizations, including Jetson Center, the Construction Association of Michigan, ACEC, AISC, and others. She believes strongly in encouraging girls and women to consider opportunities in STEM and served as chair of the American Heart Association Go Red, Go STEM event in 2018 aimed at empowering Detroit public schools community district girls interested in STEM careers. That same year, Trisha, along with four other women, formed the ACEC Women in Leadership Group, which provides a national forum for female engineering leaders to network and advises ACEC leadership on advancing diversity initiatives. Trisha has been recognized throughout the years with honors and awards, including the 2020 EY Entrepreneur of the Year, Michigan and Northwest Ohio finalist, 
American Council of Engineering Companies 2019 Community Service Award, 2019 Girl Scouts of Southeastern Michigan Tough Enough to Be a Girl Scout Honoree, 2019 Cranes Detroit Notable Women in STEM Honoree, 2018 Court Magazine Salute to Diversity Business Leader Honoree, 2018 Rhonda Walker Foundation Powerful Women of Purpose in STEM Honoree, 2017 Leadership Detroit Class, what in the world is this? 39. Yeah, yeah, class 39. <laughs> 39. Yes. And 2017 D Business Powered by Women class and the 2016 Vistas Michigan Soaring Eagle Award. She holds a Bachelor of Science in Industrial Engineering from Purdue University and a Master of Science in Manufacturing Management from Kettering University. Okay, so it took me a minute. I haven't seen Roman numerals in how long? Right, right. I know. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Now you got, I mean, I told you, I told you everyone that, that, that listens to this phenomenal women, listen to her background and the focus that she's got on women in STEM, fellow and engineer that we are to each other and diversity initiatives. So this why it was so important, so important for me to have you on Trisha. Welcome. Welcome to being Brown Live. Thank you very much. That was um, embarrassing to listen to. So. Oh, you are just so <laughs> modest and humble. I could see your face as I was reading that. You were like, oh, let me just move on. Right. Yes, no. But, that, you know, I, as I said to April Miller-Boyce when she was on before, she made this same statement. All my beautiful guests, these powerful women say that I want people to know what's possible for womenhood, you know, what we can truly accomplish. And, you know, Trisha, as I said, when I opened up, we met in 2018. And immediately connected uh, and had the opportunity to develop our friendship over the years and either in initiatives that we worked together in Girl Scouts of Southeastern Michigan, you were my nominee. Um, you were kind enough to recognize me with alternatives for girls. So we've, we've done some things together, but we've also over a glass of wine talked about what I want to talk about tonight. And that is the importance of allyship. I mean, this this is was important to you long before people all of a sudden woke up in 2020 because of a, a horrific situation. So, so Trisha, you know, give me a little bit of a background of when when did this become important to you? Why is it important to you? Why are you so intentional with the actions in in your business? You know, that's a good question. I think it probably became important to me personally before I made it important to me corporately. Um, you know, my kids have gone to this amazing school, the Roper School for, gosh, I'm on my 15th year there, having three <laughs> boys there. And it is a school that really celebrates diversity in every way. And I loved being a part of that community. Like that was church for me. That was... Mm being around people that didn't look like me, that didn't have, you know, I'm not a very religious person, but there are, you know, all different religions. Yeah. Um, the whole, the LGBT community is very well represented in students and faculty and parents, et cetera, everybody. I mean, it is yeah. a wonderful community of people. And I felt so at home in that environment. Um, and I, you know, I wanted that for my own children but I didn't grow up in that environment. I grew mm -hmm. up in a, you know, a very white um, environment. And I just, 
I like being around different people. So um, I think my world has always been enhanced by people that are different from me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always learned from other people. So through going to Roper, the reason why the Roper is so important is that I attended a program that they give to students, faculty, parents, um, administrators called SEED, Seeking Educational Equity and Diversity. Seeking equity and, uh, yeah, seeking educational equity and diversity. Yeah. So um, it's a program that it's, you know, year long. It's, uh, I think, eight or 10 sessions that they, uh, that I did as a parent group. And I learned so much about all the things that I didn't learn about growing up. Um, And this goes to, you know, our educational system on, you know, all the things that we're talking about today with critical race theory and, and being, blocked by states, et cetera. But just hearing um, a different, like the actual version of what happened in the world. And it just, I felt like it changed my heart. It really, it was a life-changing experience just going through that, knowing that I already enjoyed being around a very diverse group of people, but really mm-hmm. getting to the heart of why is, it just touched me, I, I guess is all I can say. And then going forward, you know, um, in my business, if you look around, I mean, engineering is, is not diverse at all. Our industry, not diverse at all. Um, and so fast forward, I guess, to 2018, when we met, agreeing to chair the Go Red, Go STEM event for American Heart Association uh, for Detroit girls uh, was so important. And while I was researching and, and talking, I came across this ridiculous statistic that in 2015, like 2015, six years ago. Yes. Right. Only 937 African-American women got an engineering degree out of the 106,000 engineering degrees awarded. And like, I honestly started crying and I'm like, yeah, it just crushed me because as a business owner, we had been trying to recruit more diverse groups of people and there aren't any So, you know, at the traditional schools that we went to, you know, there's one black male student one, and like everybody wants them because they're amazing because they've gone through every barrier that said you can't do this and you shouldn't do this and there's nobody representing you anywhere. So, you know, we've had to start recruiting differently. You know, we now recruit at um, HBCUs at at North Carolina A&T, which has been a a great school to recruit from. and we're getting interns from there. We don't have full-time employees from there, but we've been recruiting from there for a couple of years now. Um, but that statistic, it honestly, it broke my heart and it it put a fire in my belly if it wasn't already there. That right. this is, it's it's disgusting. I find it disgusting. Right. I really and, do. And, and that is the pipeline, right? Into what we're dealing with today. Right. The fact that the same similar statistics exist in corporate America, where you either do not have uh, a woman of color, be it in a executive role, a senior, a C-suite role at a board seat. You may rarely find them as even managers. They're mostly individual contributors and and blocked from going beyond there. Tricia, talk to me a little bit about uh, your belief from your vantage point, um, you know, why that is. I mean, what what's going on or what has been going on, frankly, for years 
um, that you have sought to change from a corporate perspective uh, so that the narrative could be rewritten? So, so say your question again, what, why is it that way? Yeah. I mean, what is, what do you think is at the root of it? I mean, you know, as a, as a white woman, you know, what do you really think is at the root of it? Is it a, a we versus they, is it a win lose? Um, is it truly the inability to recognize the value of what you recognized at Roper um, and, and felt personally from your experience in your conversation what do you think is at, at at the root of it? I mean, I know you probably don't have holistically the answer, but just from your perspective, you know, why are the avenues different? Why are we held back and doors aren't open? So that's a great question. I think there is an educational issue, you know, with uh, encouraging women in general, and then, you know, women of color in general at the right yeah. times in the educational model for engineering, middle school is absolutely the critical, critical. time yes. because of math. Yes. It's all because of math. And so if anybody's listening, if you want your children to be an engineer, you have to get them in the right math in middle school. It just, yeah. it's almost impossible to catch up. Um, you can catch up in science and in all of the other STEM fields, but, but math is really the avenue to get to yeah. engineering. So there's just a educational barrier, I think, in general for anyone, if they don't make the right decisions. I can't think of any other profession that if you don't make the right decision in middle school, that you can't even get there. Yeah. So that's, you know, one issue, obviously. Um, but I think there's there's probably partially a self-select out when you don't see yourself represented. Yes. Then, you know, I loved playing soccer as a, a young girl and I was pretty good. But I didn't see like the Women's World Cup um, until after I'd selected out of being a soccer player. You know, I was like, "Eh, there's no future in that. And now, of course, I follow the U.S. women's team all over. I fly places to go watch them play because I love them so much. So, you know, so there's a the lack of representation then has people select out like I can't be that because I don't see that. And that's a self a, a negative self-perpetuating problem that, you know, without seeing representation, that's what, you know, representation matters. It absolutely matters matters so much. Yes, it Um, does. Absolutely. It's, it's critical. So it's like baby steps. Like you, you have to be, there always has to be the first, the first to do this, the first to do that. I mean, I hired the first woman and outside of me, the first woman at Ruby as an engineer. And I hired her in 2003. So it's crazy that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so I think there's educational barriers. I think there's representation, representation. barriers. Yeah. Um, and then I think um, once people maybe get past all that and get into the profession, whatever engineering field they're in or STEM field, it's maybe not a supportive environment for whatever reason. Um, a gender barrier, a uh, color barrier of not understanding and not being, um, you know, there's it's a lot of white managing things and, and there's just blind spots of how yes. that, um, affects a person feeling welcome in a, in an yes. environment. 
and belonging. Yeah. Yes. And and you know, it and that would be something that's probably that's really irrespective of engineering or field, right? I mean Absolutely. We, we are we are as black and brown women um challenged irrespective of of the industry. And but what I often tell my my listeners, my followers and my clients that I work with in my business, the T, is that relationships are everything. Relationships are everything. And that is something I know. I mean, that's why we uh, titled this The Importance of Allyship, because you just stated, you know, white men are the decision makers. They're the ones still uh, the majority have hold the majority of the seats. Uh, at the CEO seats. I mean, you know, we've got you, we've got Mary Barra, we've got people. I mean, it's right. happening, right, from a women's perspective, but we have a long way to go. So they're the majority of seat holders. So allyship relationship is extremely, extremely important. So, you know, Trisha, what would you offer? I mean, if you have group of, of, of women listening, um, what would you offer from your perspective on how how they could go about making the connection, building the relationship, uh, getting advocators and supporters? No, I would agree with you that relationships are everything. Um, mentors might not be in your own company. They might be outside yes. of your company. Um, and I think that that's really important. I had a, um, a mentor outside of Ruby who was also in a family business. And so she was yes. able to relate to me and some of the challenges I had in taking over my father's business, working with another family member, um, and the challenges that that has. Um, that there's things that I couldn't talk to somebody in my own business about. So I do think it's always helpful to have somebody on the outside, especially if you're in leadership, because it's, they say it's lonely at the top. It's whatever top is for you. Yes. There's sometimes a level that you, you can't talk to somebody in your own business about that struggle. Um, You know, you might think you can go to your boss with something, but they're also managing your career. So how honest I don't, you know, I don't, I don't no, like there absolutely. to be secrets with, between relationships like that. But I think there also has to be a, a recognition that you're always being evaluated. Yes. And so if you bring up something, I, I can't even give an example, but it might not be the best to bring it up to somebody at your own business. So yes. to, to have those outside networks that isn't necessarily a girlfriend, but uh, another, a professional that is on a, a different path at a different company. I think that's really important. You know, I've joined uh, like leadership Detroit was an amazing experience. So I, I re- and there are leadership groups like that in, I think all over the country that chambers of commerce provide. Mm-hmm. So there's leadership Oakland and there's leadership Macomb here in Detroit. There's leadership Detroit, which is amazing. Um, but I I've heard of those programs throughout the country. So whatever the viewership of this is um, I would seek those out. You know, you need a sponsor generally from your company to pay for that because there is a is a tuition for that. Mm-hmm. But um, it was really also a life changing experience because it's support for profit business, it's um, nonprofit businesses, it's people from a, a, they really do a great job of getting a cross section of people in every walk of life, and just hearing those different experiences was extremely valuable. So you know, I would yes. recommend people seek out which is a a totally different network. You know, for me, it's 
totally different people I would never, ever would have come across. And I'm so thankful that I went through that program because it really um, exposed me to uh, different people, different thought processes, totally different expertise that I'm like, oh, I can call on that if I if I need that. Absolutely. And I think that's great advice because I know I have over the years gotten great benefit at broadening my network um, to the point, the point you just made about mentorship, that I'm able to pick up the phone or send a text or drop an email and actually share a situation that I'm in with someone in my network that's outside of the company I'm working at currently. Um, and they can give some input that's a fresher perspective, a different way of looking at it. So I think that's extremely powerful advice. And mentors definitely don't have to come within the four walls of the company that you're right. at. A mentorship is extremely important to have. I have them. Still, you have them. I have them. I don't think you ever stop having mentors um, in your career. People should not be afraid to ask for help or ask for advice. I think there are so many people who are energized by helping, by connecting. Um, and, you know, I've gotten to a point in my career. I mean, I've always felt like I always just want other people to be successful. Mm. And so you rarely are going to have people be like, yeah, I can't help you. I mean, I really feel like as you're creating a network, you're, you're creating a network around other people who are also cr- trying to create their network. So they're in that room yes, because they're already vested in that and they yes. know the value of that. So, yeah. you know, there's a green light already. And I yeah. think people should um, take advantage of that. Yeah, I th- that, that's great advice. We tend to tell ourselves what's not what's not possible, right? Or mm-hmm. nah, they're not going to help me, uh, especially if they don't look like me. I mean, if they people watching you and I right now, I mean, they probably if they saw us in a room, they wouldn't think the two of us were connected. You know what I'm saying? Just right. I mean, we look so totally different. Yet we are extremely connected. Our networks are intertwined. We've supported each other, as I mentioned earlier, and and spotlighted. You know, help put the spotlight right. on each other, recognizing letting people know what we're each about. So it's definitely, um, definitely important to understand that nine times out of 10, the answer will be yes. Yes, I'll help you. There's no doubt about that. I want to just, um, I mean, you know, it's already time just I know, I just looked at the clock. I couldn't believe it. I know time just goes by so fast because these conversations are so poignant, so deep and so meaningful. This one is extremely meaningful. I know I want to kind of wrap our, our, our session together, Tricia, really kind of diving in a little bit deeper into allyship. You know, black women struggle with that um, because they're not sure. And I, and I even have some uh, white women come to me as mentees of mine. They're like, Linda, I want to help, but I want, you know, can I say this? What can I not say? I mean, you know, just all the super sensitivity that exists right now, rather than like you and I do, we just sit and have a conversation. You know what I mean? We just open up and talk. But you know, when you're, when you're trying to get to know someone and support someone, it can be a little challenging. What would you offer to someone who's saying, yeah, I hear you, allyship, but you know, how do I, I mean, how do I find a Trisha Ruby? I mean, you know, what, what do I look for? How do I identify that it's real? You know, that this person truly is uh, opening a door for me. Uh, I know several things that, that, that I have looked for. I would love for you to share from your perspective, what makes someone an ally and the right ally, a good ally? 
Well, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it has to be somebody like I, like I said, I'm so nervous about this whole conversation because like I'm the white woman and I should just shut up and listen, you know, like there's a lot to learn from other people's experience. So I, I would, I mean, an ally needs to be somebody who empathizes and doesn't try to make excuses for what you're experiencing and validates what you're experiencing. Um, um, I know you're struggling because you want to just say what's on your heart and you should just say it. (laughs) Well, it's just, um, it's a privilege to learn about racism and not um, experience it. Right. So, so that's from where I come from. You're very privileged. Yeah. Right. I'm very privileged that I have to watch a documentary about it. Um, So I feel like being an ally is really listening and using whatever privilege that I have to help uh, open a door or help somebody be heard, but not to speak for somebody. Right. So that's the type of ally that I would look for. Um, That's a, no, I mean, I love that because, you know, it's, we do tend to find people who want to make it something that it's not or to lessen it or to, uh, with the experiences that we have or the fact that, you know, I had to interview eight times for an opportunity and I had to bring evidence of my work product that was on the resume. And that, this is my real life experience. And that when they, you know, checked my degrees and saw that I went to Carnegie Mellon, they were just like a flabbergasted, like they, oh, that couldn't have been true on my resume. I mean, you know, that just, you know what I'm saying? It just couldn't yes, be true. I do. And so, I do. And, and, yes. and so to, I mean, I think your point is so valid um, and so perfect and spot on. And to hear, have you say that, recognize that, that is exactly the type of ally. That's why our relationship is as strong as it is, because you are not that white woman that, you know, is saying, oh, Linda, that couldn't have happened or or you've got to get over it. Uh, but no, no, you listen and then you go about doing what you can do. Um, to change things while not trying to, and I love how you said that, while not trying to speak on my behalf, because you can't, right? I no. mean, you, you, just, you can't. So I think that's what's so important in in our careers as brown and black women as we're as we're trying to move forward as our in our careers because I'm telling all of you that are listening can't do this thing alone I mean let's be real I've I've has said on on many occasions no man is an island no man is an island uh used to be a song I sang in high school in the choir and the words of it are so true and we we do this career journey uh with people along our way be them supporters advocators sponsors, allies, you know, because uh, we've got it. The sum of it all is beneficial for the career journey for us to get to that, our, whatever that seat at the table that we aspire to get. And that's why it's so important. That's why I wanted to talk about it um, in this live. And Trisha, I thank you so very much. You were very kind. Uh, and I, what I what I really love about you, Trisha, and I've shared is that you're real. I mean, you don't, uh, and I know you were nervous about this conversation, (laughs) but you were nervous out of respect 
for how important the subject matter was, right? And and I love that about you. You weren't dismissive about this. You just didn't get on and and mention a bunch of quotes. You know, you're speaking from the heart and and it's important to you and you you know, you wanted to respect it. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for Absolutely. your time today. Um, so, you know, any of you, you've heard these wonderful things that this, this woman's doing. There's more information about her that's in the notes. If you want to get to know Trisha a little more like I have, uh, and you may even see her at one of these future events, um, out in the community, uh, doing the service that she does on a regular basis here in the Detroit metro area. And if you do, if you're at an event, like she said, and you see her, walk over, introduce yourself, add her to your network. You know, that's part of what we talked about. She'd be a great mentor, too. So, Tricia, again, thank you so much for spending the time today and for being my ally. My pleasure. I love you so much. appreciate you. Love you more. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferro.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table. 